Come on, G! Come on! Go! everybody we are going to make a huge announcement right now but first i'm going to introduce myself and everybody else i am matt rudder i'm your host we have zach davis uh, demarco sanders and damon diaz uh we are formally known as for the shoe but on recent discussions have decided to rebrand our name uh due to avoiding legal issues possible uh so we are going to now be known as kicking with the crew and we have a new logo right up there at the top of the screen. I'll pop it up in the middle real fast just so everybody sees it. So we are now known as Kicking with the Crew. So welcome to Victory Saturday. How is everybody doing tonight? Uh, doing lovely. Tired. <laughs> How you doing, Zach? Pretty good. Living life. Ready for tomorrow. Ready to watch some cold yes. that's for sure. Yes. AFC South Clash, man. Probably the team that I hate the fans of the most at the moment with the Tennessee Titans. I'm gonna shout out to Kate real quick. Say hi. Hey. I think this is her up, first man? time actually watching the show. What's Good up, friend man? of ours, admin over there at AFC South Fortress, and uh she's a savage. So anytime Titan fans come at her, she just destroys them every time. So All right, so we're going to go ahead and go and start off with some NFL news today. All right, so the first order of business, I wanted to discuss the Pro Bowl a little bit, man, and see what your thoughts, what your guys' thoughts are on this Pro Bowl change. It was only a matter of time. Wow. I hate it. I hate it. Just get rid of the game completely. Me personally, I love it. I love the change. Players were playing a, a two-hand touch anyway. I think you change it into flag football. That way players can, you know, you can still be competitive. Like me, I can go out and I'll I'll go to the, the park and play tennis with some random person off the street. And I'm going to want to win however many sets and him zero. So uh, I think you can still keep the same competitive juices with flag football without having to worry about getting hurt. I like it. 
so my thoughts on it was like how they're gonna do it i just i just want to know what their plan on plan is right like are they gonna have like a tournament or are they gonna just have one long flag football game because if they have one long flag football game that shit's gonna be dumb but if you do a tournament of games do you know 20 minute halves running clock type deal like a typical like game or like setup i think that would be pretty cool man maybe have quarterbacks pick their teams from what I've heard, it's supposed to be like a regular game so far. I think Peyton Manning is supposed to be one of the captains, and he needs to find another person to be the other captain. Okay. From what I've heard, that's just a little bit I, of info that I I've just, heard about it on there. I just hope it's not a four-quarter long, 15-minute each quarter freaking game. Cause I'm, that would guessing, be- I'm guessing Peyton Manning it might be. Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> oh, my God. It might be boring. Yeah, that'll be 100% boring. All right. We're going to go ahead and move over to Tua. I'm going to talk about this injury a little bit and what everybody, everybody's thoughts on how they're handling this. I got three different thoughts about three different things. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, first thought, um, from the first uh, last Thursday, game against Buffalo Bills, um, I initially thought it was concussion. There was no doubt in my mind that I thought it was concussion. Didn't think it had anything to do with the back injury. Um, I have two herniated discs in my back. It will make me fall to a knee. It will never make me dizzy and look like I'm drunk. So that was first uh, initial thought. Second thought was um, I didn't think he should have been playing the following week. I I, I mean, I I don't care if he passed it. I've seen several um, Colts, for example, and Indianapolis Colts go on a concussion protocol, they'd literally be in concussion protocol for like a week or two. So to me, that just didn't make any sense. Um, and then the other part of it was the media part. Everybody wants to sit there. They they were saying that some people, most people are on media. I watch a lot of uh, get up and first take, and they were saying they thought it was a concussion, but the team was going to do an investigation into a pass. Then it came the next Monday. They had the reaction, and the reaction was, Oh, Tua shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have let him play, and blah blah blah. And everybody was upset, but none of them on that Friday said he shouldn't be playing next week. So I hated the fact that everybody reacted after. So those are my thoughts. Um, my thoughts. Yo, I personally think that like the NFL is something that could hurt the, the brand as a whole. Um, it takes all this progressive step forward with the guardian caps, the the helmets, and everything we're doing. That makes it look like a joke, personally, because it says the only thing we care about is you know the viewers that that are watch the game, not the actual player who is sacrificing his body. Um, and lastly, well, I have two more points. My other point is I think an outside, like, actual federal investigation needs to be involved in this because if Miami is doing it, how many other teams are doing it? 100%. So, like, yeah, Miami gets caught, but this makes me trust essentially the league in itself, like distrust the league in itself for, you know, what could be, yo, hey, you know, Jonathan Taylor's got a concussion, but he's our valuable, most valuable player. So he's got to play every week, you know, regardless, just like Tua did. And lastly, if I'm Tua, I'm not stepping on the field again. Nope. Not until 
Yeah, because I'm gonna say, yo, my body is is my 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 body is my ability, and I'm not stepping out there with proper like either representation, legal representation, or I'm compensated for it. I mean, this is something that is literally super serious. He could have he looked like he died Thursday. I mean, dude got hit so hard he was throwing up gang signs, like his fingers stuck in place. It was terrible. I think it's more of a franchise issue than a league issue. I think the Dolphins have been seeing success for the first time in a long time and I feel like their backs were up against the wall and sped the process up to get him back out there. And I think that they're so in their heads right now um, due to their recent success that they just let it roll. I mean, that scripted press conference from uh, uh, McDaniel, correct? I believe McDaniel. Yeah, Mike, Michael McDaniels, yeah. It, it was such a scripted press conference, the, the alligator tears and things like that. I see him as a person. I think he said something along the lines of, I see him as a human being and not a player. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the coach, general manager, and the head trainer get the final say, correct? All three? Of anybody going, is that not correct? Want me to give no. you an update before we keep going? Yeah, love to. So, uh, two things about it: there's a doctor that is a um, a neurologist mm. for every single hired. team that is hired by the NFL. So there's 32 for each of them, and they have no relation to the team. So this has nothing to do with the team. And then, secondly, uh, that doctor for the Miami Dolphins has been fired. Yeah, he, here's my he question. Was, he was fired today. Here's my question. What does the league get out of this? I mean, is this, is it, is this simply a super bad mistake or, or, or did it slip through the cracks? Or is this something that you think the league was behind? Like, let's get it back out there. I said I'm going with doctor was, doctor was an idiot is what I'm going with. I'm going with the doctor was an idiot, but I'm also going with the officials need to be held responsible at the same time. Because as an official, the first thing you do when a player goes down, no matter how severe that was, you got to take him off the field. He didn't, they didn't even take him off the field. He collapsed in that game against the Bills. Collapsed. The dude lost his leg. Like, he couldn't walk. And the refs just thought it was okay to let him continue to play. Yeah. I, th I think that's where it initially starts. And the fact that he went in and continued to play and was playing okay, that neurologist took that into consideration while doing his evaluation. So at that point, I, I mean, he was failed completely from the officials to that neurologist. The coach is going to do what the neurologist suggests, right? In, in my opinion, as as a coach, and I know I think I think Zach's coached a few times. I mean, someone you're you're there to compete. So if if a doctor tells you, hey, he's okay, he can play. I mean, you're going to play the guy, especially if he's your star quarterback. It's messy. Yeah, it's a just a messy situation. Super I mean, I, messy. I'm not a doctor, right? So. <laughs> If a doctor tells me I can go ahead and do whatever I want to go do, I'm going to go do whatever I want to go do because the doctor told me I can. That's that's where it starts. Right there is that neurologist and those referees that were involved in that game. I think as a whole, it just makes the league look bad. Like, I mean, this is something that the NFL has worked hard to get away from, and yet here we are, you know, a month into the season, and now we're back to the whole concussion things on – why no one wants their kids or their son their their kids playing ball anymore because of issues with Tua and what has happened with Miami? Thirty uh down thirty nine percent since twenty eighteen uh, youth participation in football. Sad, bro. 
parents don't want their kids playing. Um, but just like Zach said, I uh, it's, it's tough to see him going back out on the field. I felt the same way about Justin Herbert, who had not a concussion but broken ribs. I thought his coach was an idiot. It's week two. Your quarterback looks like he's dying out there. Why put these guys back into the game? There's no point. Like, just stop trying to kill these guys. I got such, like, like disturbed thoughts just from, like, how we were with Andrew Luck. Like, we just got to protect these guys. Like, I, I understand it's a coach's job to win, but at the end of the day, you got to get those guys off the field if they do not look like they're ready to play. And, and then you got to keep those steps going forward to make sure they're good. That's kind of why I like how precautious the Colts are now. Well, they're literally keep a guy out just to be precautionary. And, and that's one of those things I'm starting to appreciate. So I agree. So. I agree. And, and I like that you talked about Herbert. That's going to lead us into the next segment is of around the NFL. Do you think that that rib injury is impacting how the Chargers are performing now? 100%. Yeah. Because um, who so, – Oh, go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. Who who the hell's the the Chargers backup quarterback? If Herbert don't play, that offense is is completely different because they can't stretch the field vertically. I mean, Eckler is a running back who's like Naheem. He's pretty much a passing back, a little bit bigger, and can run between the tackles. But Herbert is really the threat, the the key that makes the the or the engine that makes the car go essentially. Chase Daniel, My, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Chase Daniel, the overpaid backup, which I think, which I think is honestly, I think it's the best job in the world to be a backup quarterback <laughs> to a to a quarterback in the NFL. Like all you got to literally do is hold a, a clipboard for like half your career. Um, but uh, my first answer was no, Matt. To the the Chargers, is it was it affecting them? I think Justin Herbert played awesome. Still, I mean, if you guys seen, the, I don't know if you guys seen the game against the Jags, dude. Herbert th- made a throw contorting his body, his legs going this way, his arms coming back this way. Just made a hell of a throw. Um, but the the chap, the Chargers were also missing Keenan Allen. Um, I think Jalen Guyton got hurt in that game as well. So they were literally losing all their people. Um, and then the defense isn't picking up to the names on the back of the jersey um, from what I saw against the Jags. And I just thought, like, this is what I told everybody in the offseason. You can't just pick up names guys are going to come out and give you results. Um, and now this week, they've now they lost Joey Bosa. Um, yep. Just like I said, Guyton was out for an ACL. Herbert yep. was getting rattled all day against the Jags. So now it might even be worse now. Keenan Allen is out again. So there's just a lot more reasons than I thought was Herbert's injury for the Chargers. A good point. A good point, man. That's – this year has been a mess when it comes to injuries, man. There's injuries all over the place, and I don't know if you guys were watching any of the college games today, man, but there were some hefty injuries today, too. Uh, the LSU-Auburn game, man, I think it was on the kickoff return. Oh, boy, got the – like, I didn't even see the play. I just I, – I turned around and just saw this dude getting parted off. Like, Yep, I, I just got seconds. to the barbershop and seen that. Seven seconds into the game. Yeah. All right, we can go ahead and pull away some some of this depressing injuries, man. I want to go uh, ahead. And- hold on, uh, before we switch over, I just want to say one more. Um, Mac Jones is out with the ankle injury. Brian Hoyer will get the start. Uh, personally, I hate Brian Hoyer for how he came in and lost us that game to Pittsburgh when Brissett got hurt. I, I absolutely hate <laughs> Miami game. Like, how are, how are you? Better, how you were a better Miami. backup and he came in and played like that? So Brian Hoyer is. Um, Hoyer the Destroyer? You missed him, bro? Like, as far as I'm tracking, uh, Patriots tight end is also ruled out for Sunday. 
Miles Garrett is downgraded to out after his car accident. This is another thing about the stupid teams. The guy just got into a car accident. Why are we even talking about him playing a car, uh, football game? I would have been like, no, Miles Garrett's not playing. I'm, I'm his coach. It's just like they said about Mike Tomlin. If I was your dad, I'm telling you, you're not playing in that game. So um, that's one of those things. Uh, Michael Gallup will be returning. So we do got some good news off of the injury report, returning from an ACL. Hey, old boy from Detroit's out too, right? What was that? Ain't Austin, he out. He's out too, right? You said who? Sam Brown. Sam Brown, that's his name. Uh, I think think he's ruled out. I think he's ruled out for Sunday also. Yeah, uh, Jameis Winston is out. Andy Dalton will be getting the start this Sunday. So if you got a Saints player, be be cautious about who you're playing this week. Hey, hey, start start their defense. Start the Vikings Uh, defense. Dalvin Cook has a shoulder shoulder injury. He may be out. As far as I know, I think that was what I heard for the week. And obviously, you guys know our injury report. Julian Blackman has been the only person ruled out. Uh, Bernard Ryman and Shaq Leonard are the only two that are questionable um, as far as a game-time decision. Uh, We did pull up Chris Williams, which means I'm kind of scared about Forrest Buckner. He either may be limited the entire game, get limited snaps, or he may be out as a whole. We'll see on that. All right, so with this Around the NFL, this new segment we're starting, right, we're going to go ahead and do injury reports under the uh, NFL news updates that we're going to start doing in the beginning. But with Around the NFL, we're all going to just talk about – just just show some love outside of the Colts. Uh, we're all Colts podcast, clearly. But, you know, there's a whole lot to talk we about around this We love the game NFL. of football. Yeah, but we love the game of football, and there's a lot of love <laughs> going, man. And I, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. And I'm going to go ahead and start it off with this gentleman right here. Oh, I like that little ticker down there. That's dope. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I'm calling MVP. 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 This, this man's hated on is always called a running back, this, that, and the other. But this man is putting up numbers in the passing game this year. In the pa- This man has 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, and that's just passing. He only has two rushing touchdowns. And he doesn't. And he doesn't have the best receivers either. Yeah, his, yes, Q, yes, yes, his QBR. His QBR is over 115. Right. The dude. The dude is on point this year. He's he's averaging. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think about two 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 seventy five, almost 300 a game. I think he had one game where he didn't have 300 yards. He's at seven, so a, a little over 700 yards this season. I I don't know, man. I think I think Lamar could carry Baltimore. Baltimore is going to carry go wherever Lamar goes, in my opinion. See, that's that's my problem uh, with it, though. I, I agree. I'm on the Lamar MVP uh, train. I am also one of the people that called him a running back, and I wasn't too sure about his, his uh, passing acumen. The only thing I ever really worried about with him, like, I didn't worry about, hey, there we go. I might need to grab um, So it's not necessarily like um, – like his arm strength and stuff. I don't have issues with that or his ability to be able to hit It was his accuracy that was a problem for me. And that's typically what you get. When you get a guy who's really a runner of the football, like a Michael Vick or a Cam Newton or a Tim Tebow, whoever you want to call it, when they can run the ball like as well as one of those quarterbacks, they really have trouble with accuracy. And that was my biggest thing. With him. I didn't want a quarterback that was going to complete 50, 60 yards of his passes and whatnot. Just like he did last year, complete, completed, I think he was at about 62% like all of last year until he played the Colts. And then all of a sudden this dude had 80% of his passes completed. So that was my issue with Lamar. But this season, um, 
I, I think it's just like last year. I think he'll carry him. He'll be an MVP. But unfortunately, that load's going to get so heavy on his back that it's eventually going to snap. And so just like when you see any player that's too much of the offense, such as the Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, even Patrick Mahomes once he got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against uh, the Buccaneers, it's eventually going to be too much for you. Zach, who you want to show love to? Yo, I've never said this in my life. I don't think anyone's ever really said this. But, like, go Detroit. Like, the points they're putting up, you know, with, like, with golf and pretty much Amon Ross St. Brown and their running back, Williams and Swift. That running back. That one-two punch, man. That offensive line is is incredible too. Like Detroit has an offensive squad. Yeah, I've been so hyped squad. for Detroit. I've been so hyped for Detroit this year, especially with the <laughs> two running backs. But it's been so frustrating fantasy wise because I have Swift and Williams. So I'm like, I don't oh. know who to start on any given day. Like, because like, even I, uh, just swapping off, and it's like. Oh, that was uh, I should have mentioned that I guess in my injury report there, but uh, the uh, Lions are actually out with um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is out, DJ Chark is out, DeAndre Swift is out. Damn. But, uh, yeah, I love the Lions as well. I wear the Lions. Yeah. I, I wear my Barry Sanders jersey every Thanksgiving game to represent Barry Sanders. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I've always been one of the. DeMarco, who you want to show love to? Oh, who do I want to show love to, man? Uh, there's so many people. Uh, ugh, I got, I'm, I'm going to have to go Lamar, too, man. Lamar Lamar has been, like, he, he's shocked me through the first couple games. I mean, I kind of expected it, and after the Baltimore Ravens didn't pay him, I was kind of like, I kind of felt like he was disrespected anyway. And so, I really, really want to show some love to Lamar. Lamar's really been big. He's been carrying me in fantasy right now on two different leagues. Dude is, is just an absolute beast. He's still got the speed put on some weight. Um, he's throwing to – I mean, he's throwing to Bateman. Rashad Bateman is his receiver, and then he got Mark Andrews, who obviously is a beast. And they're not the same team that they were, man. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, he deserves his flowers, man. I hope he can stay healthy all season. And uh, I hope the, Maven, the Ravens mess it up so bad that he ends up in Indianapolis. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said the other day, someone asked it. I would take Lamar Jackson, and I'm not even fronting. I'd take Lamar Jackson in a heartbeat. Yeah, you said that over Josh Allen. Yeah, to start the season, yeah. I would I would have said no to Lamar Jackson. But I mean, right. dude, right now, dude, like, dude has improved Lamar. every year, and can't nobody argue different. What I like is that he's setting out to prove people wrong. And he's and it shows that he's putting in the work and he's putting in the work quietly. Yep. And that's what I like. Yep. And when you can put in the work in the off season and you can see it come to life in the season, man, it's it's great to watch, man. I think that was like a few years ago, right? We're gonna talk about Carson Wentz real fast. Carson Wentz did that shit, right? The year before they went to the Super Bowl, um, he per, he like paid out of pocket to get a QB coach to work with him in the off season. It was someone big name. I can't remember who it was. And he worked with that. Yeah, he worked with that guy from the day the season ended for Philly all the way till camp started. Like that man was just constantly working. And it showed in that season that it worked until he got hurt. He should have kept that guy. 
<laughs> yes, he should. Right. Damon, who who you got, man? I know you're over there etching. Man, I got Nick Sirianni. Oh, good one. I was gonna say Jalen Hurts, but dude, the Eagles look good on offense and defense. Sirianni, I know y'all remember, got clowned last year for his press conferences, intensity. I'm gonna tell y'all something. I like Sirianni a lot as a head coach and what he's brought to that team. I mean, they snuck into the playoffs last year, played a tough game against Tampa Bay. I think if Jalen Hurts maybe had a little bit more experience under him, they could have won that game. But uh, they look good. Jalen Hurts has stepped up. So I think I think coaching is a, is, is, is a, something that we don't look into a whole bunch. So it's got to go to uh, Sirianni for me. I like that. But that also is like a shot to the heart, you know, because we all – know why our offense was so good. Yeah. We know why our offense was able to move the ball, why there was, you know, at least a good game plan in place. And Route Frank, concepts. Yep. Frank has, lo- has looked lost without Mind if I give you a live update? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Ian Rappaport just, uh, just tweeted out that the NFL and the NFL agreed to parameters of updated concussion protocol. So okay, we have yeah. a new agreement. Good. Moving, moving quick, moving quick. All right, let's go ahead and move into week three recap. We, don't, we shouldn't have to spend a lot of time on this because we did a, a nice little late night show on, on Sunday. And I'm, I think Zach was the only one that wasn't with us on Sunday. Zach, right? You yeah. right here with us? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, man, we finally got the win, in, you know, against KC. I think a lot of us kind of felt like we were going to get that win. Um, just by uh, previous seasons of having pretty decent success against Kansas City. I had a good feeling going into Sunday. Um, I think a lot of the times we got lucky and that that win was was kind of lucky. I know DeMarco's looking down there like, nah, but I really think that there were some plays that Patrick Mahomes could have made uh, and somehow he just didn't see it. But that's uh, One more update. Uh, on Tua, all tests came back um, clean. I have no idea how this dude has, like, the strongest bones ever, but somehow he keeps getting concussed. But he is still in concussion protocol, so hopefully they keep him there. I'm tracking they, I'm tracking they didn't see any type of uh, fracture or any type of injury in his head. I, I know yeah, they, they reported that like a few hours ago. And then um, whenever we get into the Chiefs, uh, just let me know if you go to the videos and whatnot. I'll give some little. I'm about I'm about to pull up uh, the videos now. Uh, actually, right. I was just I only took a few, so we didn't stay too much in last week. So yeah, so there's three. a couple couple key videos that I really wanted to point out. Most of it is a uh, well, not most of it. But some of the stuff is stuff that you guys already know, but clearly uh, some people on our staff didn't. All right, so uh, this first one here, I believe this was by the rookie. Look at that. Rodney Thomas cover ground. So um, Rodney Thomas out of uh, Yale, I think you guys might know, um, number 25. So uh, this dude has a crazy story. I don't know if you guys follow Zach Kiefer or not, if you guys want to look that up. Um, I don't know all the details to it, but I just know that, yeah, we got him. So seventh rounder out of Yale um, in the preseason. This guy was making tackle after tackle after tackle. He was coming up and making plays. Um Thanks, Ash, for the update. Um, yeah, he was just making all kind of tackles. So I figured that I thought he'd be pretty good as Julian Blackman inside the box. 
when I seen this play here live, I knew that we would be okay in our second string as far as safeties goes when we went down. Like last year when we had to switch off to Andrews and Dejo, we were just totally obliterated. The dude can come down and maybe make a tackle in the box, but he could not cover. He was not rangy at all. And then dude could not make open field tackles. Rodney Thomas has shown me he can he hey, has the range. I'm throwing a flag. I'm throwing a flag. <laughs> hey, we love Sadeo over here. You leave Sadeo yeah. alone. Yeah, he's a dog. We <laughs> we forgot to tell dog. you. He was our we fanboyed hard for Sadeo because he's an old man out Zach there. Bro, smiling at the same time I did. <laughs> you, we we love Sadeo, man. Because he was like old man. We Dejo wasn't a stud in the passing game, but that man was making plays in the running game. Yeah, see, that's my thing, though. See, that's, that's my thing about safety, though. At safety, you got to be able to tackle for one, yes, okay? But you got to also be able to tackle in the open field. You got to be able to cover. We need some range out of you. If you're just out there, like uh, – well, He's older than me. <laughs> you he's like 38, DeMarco. Hey, Eric, Eric Weddle came out for the Rams and helped win a Super Bowl. Man, Eric Weddle's yeah. now my age. Sandejo was older than me last year. Uh, yeah, but man, if you're gonna be out on the field, I'm expecting you to be a better athlete than me. Come on now. Listen, I'll t- <laughs> I get it, but I'll t- I'll take the production he did give us because he could have been worse. Go ask Go ask Nikhil Harry what he thinks listen, about Andrew Sandejo. Listen, he was he was better than Greg Toller, and Greg Toller was 24. Yeah, but Greg Toller was Ooh. trash. <laughs> Yo, Sandejo wasn't much better. Yeah, I don't, don't want to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to. Con- I don't want to compare a trash can to a dumpster. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> fair, just, fair enough. I just, I just, I just want our guys to be able to cover if you're gonna play safety. That's like the worst thing you can do. Like, I'd rather you miss a tackle in the box than rather than get beat deep. That's me personally at safety. Like, that's what I want to see from our defense. You can cover. You got range. You're not going to get beat over the top because that's what killed us week one and week two of last year. What did Russell Wilson do? Dropping bombs. Um, okay, next slide here. If you look at the top, if you want to play this back, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our big difference here on this play, this is uh, this is our, our guy Isaiah Rogers over there at the at the 40-yard line, if you guys see at the top of your screen there. I do have a question. Hold on real quick. Did you, did you screen these on your phone? Yes. Yeah, that's why the quality is a little low. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, got to do that on your computer, man. Yeah, that's on screen record. Um, some of the videos actually look better than others. I think it's just how it came out. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so if you guys see Isaiah Rogers, he's following um, a faster receiver there, and that was one of the plays that uh, was he takes that, uh, he takes that out and up off, and Patrick Mahomes wants to take that deep shot. But he understands that Isaiah Rodgers has the speed to make the play on the ball. He doesn't throw it. He ends up running for some short yardage there. So that was one of those plays that Isaiah Rodgers did to take off rather than us having Brandon face on in the game. So this is extra blurry, but you can look at it. Isaiah Rodgers is right here uh, in between the 40 and the 45. Yep. Uh, That's right when the out-and-up route started. That was right when that route was about to break. And Patrick Mahomes wanted to take that deep shot. Yep. And then, but the other part of this too, if you look clearly around, I'll even go ahead and go back a little bit. The defense did a really good job of, of communicating. Taking, yep, and taking away everything else because if you see right here at the bottom of the screen, uh, about the 41, 42 yard line, that's taken away. That's, then you can uh, see Gilmore. You can see running back coming out of the backfield right behind the 30. You got old boy right here between the 35 and the and the 40. He's clearly already on that guy like it's nothing. 
I believe that and was Fabio Carrique. Yeah, and then you see another receiver here, uh, right up here at the top of the screen at the 40, right below that uh, that stop-and-go route right here. Boom, the out route. That is Valdez Scantling who uh, taken away. wanted to hit deep. Taken away. Boom. Well, no, you got old boy now. Now he's hitting here at a button hook right here at the 44. Yep. Taken away. And then you we still have a safety covering the deep route. Yep, and then they come up and they make Patrick Mahomes uh, run it and slide rather than trying to throw that ball deep. So that was uh, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, to key in on. The reason I took that play out of there, out of that, was because of the fact that all of us have been banging on freaking Gus Bradley's door to put Isaiah Rogers in the game. He comes in the game, and, and look what happens when you got a corner with some speed who can follow these receivers. We're not getting beat on stupid routes with uh, – with Brandon Face on, he's scared and get on hook routes because he doesn't want everybody to be deep. Isaiah Rogers plays with a different technique. I do want to talk about Isaiah Rogers a little more, and I know that uh, Demarco makes fun of me because I think it was Demarco. Yeah, it probably was you. I always was dogging on Isaiah, dogging on him. Do you think from the the, the, the videos that we've seen of him this week at camp or at practice that he's actually going to get the start this week? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. No? No. No. I think that he's still going to put – Kenny's still going to start, but it's going to be one of those situations when the Colts go nickel. Kenny's going to slide inside, and they're going to bring Rodgers out and play play on the outside because he has he has a speed to match almost – I would say he's probably the fastest corner in the NFL. Isaiah Rodgers, blur. He might, might. And this is high upside. He might be able to keep up with Tyreek Hill, like in a foot race. But I still think he he he'll be on the roster, cornerback three. But he'll come in in dime situations. So here's here's my. Well, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Yeah. We'll see, my thing was uh, I I would like for him to get the start, but it's tough for um. That's badly to part with Brandon face on, but what the question I thought you were gonna ask was, did I think those plays in practice matter? It was just like you said the other uh, the other week, man. He was like, we all we got all these practice squad heroes, all these all you guys who go off in practice and they do these plays, and that was one of my things. It's like when I seen people posted it, he had the crazy interception. It's like, okay, that's nice. I give a little quiet clap, but I want to see people do that in game. So. That's where I was kind of just like, all right, let's relax, let's relax. You know, no, I think you're, you're just, he's still right. a really, still a really young corner, but I just love his abilities. I love the way he plays the ball. I love his technique. He still has some stuff to work on in his technique, but he also has the speed. He's rangy, and this guy, he locates the football. He locates the football. And he takes it away. That's why I really love him. All right, and then last play here. What this was was um. So, I I couldn't believe how well we played the edges this game, like all game on Packers. Oh, this is a, this like is a look at look at our defensive tackles. They're staying in the Hold middle. On. What you want to do? You want to keep the keep the quarterback in the well. So they try and wash it down. But if you watch this right, this uh, defensive end over here, I believe that was Quiddy Pay. He does not get sucked down and playing that run like we do all the time. Could be a big key for us playing against the Titans this week. The way they played the Colts played this last week, they need to play the same way this week with a little bit more discipline. And as you can see, our defensive end on the left side, uh, 
That's going to be Yannick Ngakwe on the left side there. He tries to hit a, a move inside, and as soon as Patrick Mahomes sees it, he thinks he's going to go back out that way. Yannick Ngakwe spins back outside to keep Patrick Mahomes in the way. Keep him in that bucket. Keep him inside the 4 by 4 fine, and he cannot get out the pocket. So see it here. You play it. You watch it. Yannick on the left. Hit that spin move and stay back outside. Uh, right in, keeping him inside. Patrick Mahomes has nowhere to go. They're pressuring him. He throws the ball, throws it accurately. And so, right there again, keeping him in the well. Stop him for a short run. We should have had like three or four sacks. Luckily, Patrick Mahomes got, or for him, got past the line of scrimmage and it wasn't a sack. But I mean, just look at it. Just keeping him in the well all game long. Not giving him those extra plays that he wants. Look at it. You can't go anywhere. Stand. I typically don't don't speak on your film sessions because it's your thing. But if you go back and watch last year's AFC Championship, and then you watch this year's game versus the Colts, the Colts did exactly what the Bengals did: rushed for, contained Mahomes, and dropped it, and dropped you know seven to eight, and really just kept Mahomes so where he can run around. But at the same time, nobody's going to be open. Because if you blitz Mahomes, you're dead. Like, yeah. he is – Exactly. He's the dude – you can't blitz him. He's like Tom Brady. You're dumb if you blitz You have to change your back in late. You have to force him to to stay on his spot. And you can't allow Mahomes to get creative. Because in that aspect, he's like Brett Favre times 10. Yep. And so that, that was one of my biggest things. That's why I actually thought we would beat the Chiefs from the get-go. So, Matt, that's why I said when you said it was luck, I didn't think luck had anything to do with it personally because I just think we match up really well for the way that Mahomes play. We play all the coverage on the back end, um, and, and we just – we just I mean, for some reason, our pass rushers just play better that day. And we keep Mahomes in the pocket and, and make him scramble around. And he can't get his feet set. And he makes inaccurate throws. And Mahomes is three and five against the AFC South. Who would have knew? Go ahead and talk about <clears throat> our offensive issues through three games, the offensive line. All right. So, yeah, uh, our struggles here, 12 sacks. This is just horrid. We haven't been this bad since Andrew Luck was a quarterback. Uh, it's just a terrible thing. The one thing I will say in between there that, that you can't really see, just read between the lines there, there has been a lot of miscommunications on this offensive line between the quarterback, running back, um, and the offensive line, um, I hope they can get that fixed, especially this week with going up against Jeffrey Simmons. I'll get more into that. That's going to be a huge thing. Um, but just 12 tacks is just – that just shouldn't be allowed. Um, as you guys can see, 9.39% 9, 9 of dropbacks he's being sacked on. That's fifth highest in the league. Um, only other QBs who are getting sacked that much either have really bad offensive lines or their quarterbacks are just – burping the baby. They're holding on to the football all damn long. Um, then we have 38 pressures on 118 passing uh, pass attempts. That's 28% pressure rate. Um, that's just another thing. I mean, we got to fix that. We got to be able to give Matt Ryan some time in the pocket to be able to make some throws, at least give him enough time to sit in the pocket and throw the ball away if we, we aren't finding somewhere to go with the football. And then uh, three plus seconds just to throw the ball. Just, uh, or to throw the ball this just 18.8% in the league right now. Um, that's a really terrible stat as well. But if you guys remember last week, I said that Quiddy Pay had mentioned that um, Trevor Lawrence was getting the ball off in 2.3 seconds. 
not giving the pass rush time. So I, I think a lot of these issues through the first three games is something that we can fix. So by the end of the year, people are talking about the team having one of the best offensive lines again. So it needs to be something where we're getting the ball off faster, better communication between the offensive line, quarterbacks, running backs, um, and then just receivers. You know, we. I mean, at some point, these guys got to start getting open. I mean, that's just – Pretty simple. I think what's going to happen is we really need to get Jonathan Taylor rolling um, because clearly our passing game is always started by having a good running game, and and that's where my more that's where my concerns come into play. Got another run, Like I understand that Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is fourth in the NFL in rushing yards at the moment, but he should be number one. Uh, last year we had the top ten rushing uh, attack when it came to uh, offensive line. Uh, I'm pretty sure the NFL counts our offensive line as the number one running offensive line in the league last year. And this year, were, it's just um, not there. They're actually rated uh, top 10 right now per PPF. Uh, so, or PFF. Which is, which is, which is crazy. I mean, I get it, but the, I, th- I think that the offensive line is getting love from PFF because of what Jonathan Taylor is able to make happen. Because our offense, when we run the ball, if you look at when our running game is successful, it's never straight up runs. It's never the halfback dives. Nope. It's never just it's never just these straight off tackle runs. It's, I hate that we don't mix it up. We go into this uh, spread set. We always start the <clears throat> always do it to where we start off. We don't run the ball in misdirection. We're not pulling guards. We're not pulling tackles. Frank Frank does it. He just he just for some reason the first. The beginning of the season, he doesn't want to do it, and it makes our offensive line look like crap. And everything's everything. out of gun. Everything's everything. out of gun. Everything. everything. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. Jonathan Taylor, all you got to do is hand him the ball. He'll make it happen. Got to blow people off the ball. All right, and then um, <clears throat> this one here. So uh, this is something that we haven't really seen from a defensive coordinator. I've played back since we had Chuck Pagano. We've really been covered to shale most of the time, or we've been covered three now. Uh, it was Gus Bradley in this game. So the first five coverage of the game. So this is was him switching up. So we even played cover one. We played Robert cover two. Cover three, cover four, as you guys can see there. Um, this was just Gus Bradley pretty much saying a big fuck you to the to all the people that said that he didn't couldn't take care of Patrick Mahomes. Um, so a lot of the what was being said was that Patrick Mahomes has been killing his defense. But if you go back and look at Gus Bradley's defense against Patrick Mahomes, he has not had good players. He's not. He's not. I, like most of the defenders on the Raiders were were garbage that he had. Um, so. Now that he's finally got some players, you can actually see what he meant by he's actually thought that he's done a good uh, job on Patrick Mahomes. And so the fact that we mixed up coverage when we our first two uh, two games of the season, we literally were just being eaten alive by sticking in one zone pretty much. And then switching it up to KC, we literally switched up a lot of the coverage and almost every time we switched up our coverage instead of just staying in one base defense like you're some kid who plays Madden and doesn't really know what you're doing, so you choose the same defense over and over and over again, we actually had success. All right, so, I mean, <laughs> you guys can see it here. Um, 
sometimes I really hate these averages because if you guys see the 22% is the league average. So basically what this is, your um, percentage of rush rate on your dropbacks as a quarterback. Um, so 28% of your dropbacks, you're being rushed. If you think about that, we do, we do, we, we play three downs, you got first, second, third down. And if you go past this three times, you can get rushed on 28% of that. Jeez, that's, that's pretty damn bad. Um, the average rate is 22%. So uh, for the league, I mean, you would look and think, oh, wow, it's only a 6% difference, but it really makes a huge difference when you're running, uh, what is it? Uh, we had 50 offensive plays in Jacksonville versus 70 offensive plays against Houston. So if you think of 70 plays and he's getting rushed 28% of the time, that's a lot. That's way too much, man. That's way too much. So um, that's just another one of those things. And if you look at the guys actually who are on that list, all those guys can move. All those guys are pretty more mobile guys than Matt Ryan. Um, the only one that really doesn't hold on to the ball is Aaron Rodgers. So that's they, – they had some offensive line issues as well. Um, so just another one of those things that we got to fix to get going. Um, and, and I explained that on the other slide. But just yeah. things we got to fix. Yeah, we, I mean, we're beating up on the offensive line, man. It, it comes to a lot of things. It comes to Frank's play yeah. calling. It comes to the designs of how we're running the ball. It's getting Jonathan Taylor going early and quick. It's it's about getting Naheem Hines quick in the into the game plan. It's it's quicker throws, man. I feel like I feel like uh, Frank just wants to go downfield all the time. So this slide here, uh, I don't know why, but for some reason it cut off the teams when I, I got, I got it. the I got the teams right here. I can yeah. Tell the most team. important the most important one here is what you got to see is the fourth place. Thirty percent is the Colts. Uh, three and out, three and outs forced. Right. All right. So yeah. So this is defense right here. This is three and outs forced. How long your your defense is on the field? Um, this is actually a really good stat for us because uh, what is it? Past couple years, we have been one of the worst teams on getting teams off the field on third down, whether it be penalties, pass rush, whatever it may be, just mistakes that we've made. So we have the 49ers first, Philadelphia Eagles the second, the New England Patriots at third, our Indianapolis Colts at fourth with 30%. Um, the Green Bay Packers tied with us at fourth for 30%. And then our uh, rivals that we're facing this week are actually fifth place with 28%. So this is going to be one of those games of which team can keep their offense on the field and keep their defense, um, keep their offense on the field and keep the defense off the field. Um, and so, uh, there's some other stats in there that that can show stats where we can take advantage of the Titans. So that'd be one of my keys on what we should do. Um, but this is a really good stat that I liked here by our defense. As much as we struggled on offense, for our defense to still be getting off the field at one of the highest rates in the league, uh, it's a very huge positive for us. Without our best player, hell yeah, yes sir, hell yeah. yes sir. I mean, without Shaq out there, I can only imagine if Shaq's out there. I fully expect that to be like number two in the league. I would love to go from fourth to number one. Yeah, uh, man. So let's let's go ahead and move on to the to the week four preview. Zach, you're right, man, and I want you to go ahead and keep talking about that right now. <laughs> so, with, I mean, what what do you think, Zach? I mean, Shaq is going to have uh, impact on the game. Well, I mean. When you're, this is my opinion, don't kill me. When you're the second coming of Derek Brooks, like, you know, you make things happen. You're, you're an X factor. Teams game plan specifically to stop you. So that opens up, you know, that frees things for other lesser known players or other guys to make more plays. 
So even, you know, Darius causes a lot of turnovers, punches, when he tackles, picks, just he's around the ball constantly. And having guys that are just <laughs> around the ball all the time, I mean, it creates – Literally, it just creates more opportunities for the Colts defense to get off field and our offense to get in rhythm, in sync, to finally, you know, put points on the board. Essentially, with Shaq can help both the defense and the offense by improving the defense and giving the offense more opportunities to to get out of its funk. I mean, I won't go into – I mean, I can if you want me to. I can, I can, out of all the stats that, you know, DeMarco showed, how much of that is on Matt Ryan for missing guys? Because if you look at the offensive tape, yo, Matt Ryan's missed some dudes. He's missed some throws. Yes. He's held the ball. Yes. He's held the ball longer than, you know, than he should. And a lot of that is how comfortable is he? Like, you're, you're what's right. going on? Like, you're right, 100%. Frank, Frank talks about he makes quick decisions. Does he? Because, yo, he missed, like, at least two throws versus KC. And then the week before, he missed a wide-open post. Yeah, man. And I mean, you, a and wide back, open post. If you go back to the Jags, he missed so many throws. A lot of that loss goes on Matt Ryan and his ability to make those quick decisions. Because he, he missed that post in that game. He also missed Kyle Cranston wide open just kind of hanging out right there in the end zone. Like, he, I mean, I think he was like a yard out of the end zone, but he would have walked right in. Yeah. It was there. So, uh, well, I don't want to, you know, make it sound like, you know, our offensive line is a fault. I do feel like offensively a lot of the struggles are three things. Frank's play calling, being so vanilla, our refusal to, you know, be creative and use Jonathan Taylor in the way it's meant to be. And lastly, why the hell are we not getting Matt Ryan in a situation where he's comfortable making the easy throws, not missing you know, the obvious the obvious stuff he should be hitting? Yes, sir. All right, what about you, David? Are we going back still on the Darius Leonard, bringing him back? I know we kind of got a ramp. Whatever you're thinking, man. What, what, what are you thinking about a well, matchup for tomorrow? Well, we're, we're getting our quarterback back on defense. Um, I want to like give Gus like some credit here for making that linebacking core work with Darius being off the field. Um, but I think coming into tomorrow, our defense is going to have a little bit of its identity back. But I do want people to understand that he's probably going to be rusty. Like he's not going to look like midseason form, playoff form, Darius. Like he's going to have some kinks. He's got to work out himself. Um, but just someone that the defense can kind of rally around which I do hope D-Buck plays tomorrow just so we can see that solid unit on defense. Um, but I do understand the need if he doesn't get us ready to go tomorrow. But outlook on offense-wise tomorrow as well, I just want to see us establish the running game early. I don't want to see this out of shotgun on first down. We're taking the, the dink and dunk to Kyle Grant's in, uh, a two-yard gain to JT on second down, and then a deep shot to Ashton Doolin's incomplete pass on third down. Um, I've, I mean, our last three games, I feel like we, we've had multiple three and outs first drives of the game and it's just a horrible way to start the game so hopefully uh we can get some things moving here for us um early in the game and we're not playing catch up and yeah nah man you're right i think the thing that drives me nuts the most uh when a game starts is if we start offensively and 
it's a three and out. I don't think I don't think there's anything that pisses me off more watching football than a first drive three and out offensively. Remember what I showed you guys: the Titans are number five at forcing three and out, so don't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean we see that, but I mean still, Frank. Frank's got to. I'll say this: first drive. I don't mind it versus a quality opponent. The Titans are a quality opponent. But we shouldn't have had a three and out versus Jacksonville Jaguars. Freaking Houston. Right, let's, I let's mean, be- that's 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 not acceptable. I think we, we might have to take the slights off of Jacksonville until they show us that they're yeah. going to turn back into who they were. So we gotta we gotta, gotta be that one a little bit because- And then you do gotta remember the Houston Texans as bad as they are, when you play a divisional opponent, they're gonna play a little bit closer to your competition outside of last year, and they have gotten a bit better. And you also got to think about it, man. Jacksonville's shown a lot more this season so far than Tennessee has. So to me, the more quality opponent at the moment is Jacksonville compared to Tennessee. Tennessee, the only team they've beaten so far this year, is the only team in the AFC that hasn't won a game yet. Only team in the NFL. Yeah, the only team in the NFL that hasn't won a game yet. They've only beaten the Raiders, and the Raiders don't look good at all. And so, uh, yeah, with uh, Darius Leonard, who may play the the just an update for the Titans, they are gonna not have a uh, Zach Cunningham linebacker, safety Amani Hooker, which I was pretty. I don't want to see anybody hurt, but I'm happy to see he's not gonna play. That means we're gonna go up against the lesser back end, and then a guy uh, Ugo Amadi. Never really heard of him, but they did bring up uh, Stephen Nelson, I think his name was, and he got cooked last week by Derek Carr. Um, Heard a Titans uh, writer talking about him. Wasn't too happy about him. And none of their other DBs looked really promising at all. So their defensive backs, I think uh, we should be able to take advantage here. And then uh, just some other things. I have sent that picture. Matt, you asked me why I laughed about it. The Titans defense is allowing 250, uh, 256.3 yards per game. Matt Ryan's averaging 256.3 yards per game. So typically when you're around those averages, you're typically going to hit it. And if a defense is worse or about where you're at, you're usually going to go over it. So I'm hoping we expect to see some of those yards go up for Matt Ryan. Uh, the Titans are also one of the worst pass defenses in the league through three games. Um, and then lastly, just to update here for our running game for the Titans defense, the tight uh, per true media, the Titans are allowing uh, 12 plus explosive runs um, a game. And so this is at the highest rate of the league, which is 13.3% through three games. So them is all keys that show we should be able to take advantage of, of a lot of the, the weaknesses and mismatches we're going to get out of the Titans defense. I'm just going to skip this. Don't need to talk about the Rams. There you go. All right. Uh, so then uh, what we got here. Is I just took some pictures. Just want to key in on a few things that I really think that our defense needs to hone in. Um, I think I think I deleted the first original picture I have for this. So our three keys of the game um, on offense were going to be: don't let Ryan Tannehill get outside of the pocket on them dumbass boots that for some reason that we we don't cover. Like we just don't feel how to cover it. Yeah, yeah. We just don't come down. We chase the run and we forget he'll boot right out of us. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry needs to key in on him, and then Traylon Burks. He's not going to be their best guy. He's not going to be whatever Robert Woods has done more than him. But what happens is, is 
Ryan Tannehill loves to do the play action, play action, play action, or he'll run the ball to Derrick Henry. He'll come off that play action, and there's going to be that shallow crosser that comes across that's almost always open. So those are going to be one of our keys there. Um, what that what you guys seen on that first play was him dropping back. Um, they've been trying to do this a lot more. So right here, he throws the screen to Derrick Henry in the middle there, and they're not really covering. Nobody's really covering the screen. So they're doing this a lot more. They're throwing the ball to Derrick Henry. They're getting involved in the passing game, and they're trying to spread the field more uh, because they don't really have too much trust in the receivers. Uh, right here, pretty much the same play. Kenny Moore got scored on against uh, – yeah, Jacksonville against Jacksonville. I think when we went down 14-0 um, to play to Christian Kirk. So this is just a slant. The uh, reason I took a picture for it is because how far this corner is playing off. What I've seen from Matt Ryan, when I watched the film on Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is not like I, – I don't I don't want to say he's dumb or anything. The dude went to a really smart school or whatever. But he does not make real reads most of the time. If we can make him sit in the pocket and become a passer. He means Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Um yeah, so uh, he's basically – he already knows who he's going to throw the ball to. He's snapping it. He's putting his foot in the ground, and he's throwing it. If we press their receivers and we make their receivers fight off the press, we should be able to have a pretty good day as far as completion percentage-wise and even cause some turnovers. He's basically going to snap it. You can see Derrick Henry still in the backfield. He's play faking, and he's hitting those slants. Another one here. He's pretty much – this one I showed. Uh, this is from the push – from the Titans offensive line. They're still a pretty good run blocking team. They're going to try and get forced against us. We got to win some matchups up front. Um, I don't really think they're all that strong. They did lose uh, Taylor Lewan for the season. So they're really weak at left tackle right now. Um, and and we, we got to win some matchups up front. Uh, this one here. So um, the Titans – their pass rush. I am really worried about their pass rush. This is our, our three keys on defense are going to be Jeffrey Simmons, who I do not want to see him going one on one with Danny Pinter at all, all day. So I heard our game plan for Chris Jones last week was to double him every time. So I don't know if you guys seen the play, probably been circling around. Uh, Danny Pinter goes to block a guy. Ryan Kelly almost looks like he's going to help him, but Danny Pinter has the guy held up and a blitzer runs right past Ryan Kelly. This was because the game plan was to always trip Chris Jones, and Ryan Kelly just wasn't aware, like a Quentin Nelson, who could literally peel off a block and go blow somebody up. Um, so someone's going to be the same plan for Jeffrey Simmons. Then we have uh, uh, Kevin Bayard at safety, and I, I, I can't necessarily say they have a third, except for Danico Autry. We're all familiar with Autry. He plays his tail off against us. Um, so these guys on the inside, they're really strong. And then the, the difference between the Titans and a lot of other defensive ends, they can win on the edge one-on-one. -on -one. They're not they're, they don't get like the most sacks, they don't get the most recognition, but these guys win. If you look at the, the look at the left tackle right there, he's getting beat like badly. And so Derek Carr doesn't get to uh or he, I think he makes this throw, but um they just get really good penetration on your offense. So it's gonna be another one of those key battles for us. This is again Ryan Tannehill making that play fake, and that's all they're literally like. If you look at their route combination, they don't have A.J. Brown anymore, so they're barely running anybody up the sideline to hit you with that deep shot anymore. And if you look at all the Raiders players, besides the safety here, Abram, who's taken 85 out, <clears throat> they're all keying on Derrick Henry for the run play here. 
Oh, there it is. That's the one. So, uh, yeah, it was Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and then Robert Woods. Those are their leaders. Um, Robert Woods, I mean, I'd prefer Burks to be taken out of the game. I don't feel like Robert Woods is going to do anything too amazing when you watch his plays. Um, the reason I had the stats up there for the Raiders and Titans was because of the fact that they were so evenly matched. The thing that hurt them is the Raiders were getting penalties at terrible times, which either gave the Tennessee Titans the ball or stopped the Raiders' drives. So, so my, my thing about stopping Tennessee's offense is clearly going to be stopping those bootlegs. Um, I'm not too concerned about Derrick Henry. We've done – Fairly well against Derrick Henry, unless Ryan Tannehill starts running on those bootlegs. Um, if we can contain Ryan Tannehill, it's. I think we win this game. Um, their receiving core does not scare me. Robert Woods has never been a one a wide receiver one. Uh, maybe he was in the at, for the Rams at one point, but Cooper Cup was always the better wide receiver. Um, it's just it's just containing. Ryan Tannehill from running those bootlegs. He's beaten us himself by himself by just running bootlegs. So, we need to make him a passer, make him sit in the pocket, and yes. make him try and beat us with his arm, which I don't think he can do. The guy, the one play, uh, Matt, if you could show it, the one play where uh, it's the picture, pretty much uh, um, Ryan Tannehill sitting in the pocket, and then it goes to a uh, big screen for just uh, uh, to cameras. Oh, um, go ahead. Keep going. Same thing. That's all of them. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. It no. Well, so basically, there was one play where Ryan Tannehill he goes straight drop back. He's trying to make his reads, and he throws a, a terrible interception into double coverage. He gets picked off. So it's basically like if you make this guy sit in the pocket and make him try and make reads down the field, he's not going to be able to. That's what we need to do. Big time. All right, let's go ahead and jump to uh, predictions for tomorrow's score predictions. Go ahead, Zach. Um, well, it depends on what kind of offensive line we get because I feel like that literally decides the game. If the Colts come out and, you know, we got five Quentin Nelsons. I think we'll win pretty handily. But um, I'm going to go 31-24 Indianapolis. All right. What about you, Damon? I, I'm going to predict that we get to a slow start on offense again, and we're going to claw our way back into the game. I'm going to say 16-14 us. All right. What about you, D? <clears throat> so, uh, I was kind of – I don't necessarily want to say iffy, but I, I thought we would win. I couldn't really say for sure, like, the score and whatnot. But once I seen that, we would likely have Darius Slender back. almost put it to a guarantee at that point. Um, I was being 24-17 Colts. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think I, think I kind of got us uh, dominating Tennessee in a 31-7. to uh, I'm not. I'm not too worried about what their offense has been showing uh, the first quarter of the season. 
Um, Derrick Henry is not Derrick Henry anymore. I don't care if he looked like Derrick Henry against Vegas. Vegas is 0-3. They're 0-3 for a reason. Huh? He still only had 81 yards. That's what I'm saying. So everybody's like, oh, Derrick Henry's back, and the guy hasn't even done anything at all this season. He doesn't look fast. He doesn't look strong. He doesn't look like Derrick Henry that we're used to seeing. Not scared of him. Uh, A.J. Brown was probably, you know, one of their main targets, and he's gone. Uh, but what we need to contain in the passing game is their tight ends. Tight ends have torched us in the past. So we need to make sure that we contain those. But honestly, I, I can't even name one of their tight ends right now. So Austin Cooper. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's he's out. I don't know if he is or isn't. I just I got a I got a injury update. I'm pretty sure he's not not playing. He's on my fantasy team. I benched him. He hasn't done shit for me all year. <laughs> so I think he's gotten me one point all season on fantasy. So uh and Ryan Tannehill just doesn't scare me. Their defense, I've been watching them get torched in the passing game. Yeah, they've got a decent pass rush. Um if we can get the run game going that's just it for me. I, I'm not too concerned with Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is who they used to be. Um, I think they put themselves in a, in a salary cap hell that I've been talking about all offseason, and nobody wanted to listen to me. Um, and it's, it's starting to show. It's starting to show. They ain't got money to spend. They don't have players to keep. And they're going to start going on the decline. Who's it all invested in? Henry? Tannehill? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot yeah, of cap space. Literally, literally, Henry and Tannehill, those two have most of their money right now. Because uh, that's Taylor, the only Taylor, thing I can think of. Taylor Lewan has a lot of money too. It was it was yeah. smart. He didn't want to take a pay cut. They did pay. Uh, they just paid a money hooker. They got to pay Jeffrey Simmons still. Um, yep. So fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's go ahead and do this one quickly. Because last time, man, we this one took like forty-five minutes. Week four pickums. I gotta pull mine up because I can't remember who I. Yeah, played. I was just about to say I got mine out right now, so I'm taking forever. <laughs> you know what? We'll do this. We'll do this on the on the fly. Go ahead, Zach. Um, I'm going New Orleans, Cleveland, Dallas, Detroit, yeah. Indy, Giants, Philadelphia. Going with the Jets. Baltimore over Buffalo, Chargers over Houston, the Panthers over Arizona, Green Bay over New England. I think Vegas gets their first win versus Denver, and uh, Kansas City over Tampa Bay, and then I'm going Rams over San Fran. All right. See who you got, Damon. I got Minnesota of New Orleans. I got Cleveland over Atlanta. Dallas over Washington, um, Detroit over Seattle, Indy us over Tennessee. I got the Giants over Chicago. I got Philly over Jacksonville. I do have Pittsburgh over New York. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, New York Jets. Then I got Baltimore over Buffalo. I got L.A. over Houston. I got Arizona over Carolina, Green Bay over New England. I do have Denver beating Las Vegas, and I'm going to take Kansas City over Tampa Bay. And for a Monday night game, I'm going to take San Francisco in a shocker. Hold on one second. Okay. What you mean, Kate? What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? What is that? 
I thought I was the preacher here. Preacher, yeah, you see what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what she's talking about. All right, let's see who you got, D. <clears throat> All right, well, I had a uh, Cincy over Miami already. Um, then uh, bullshit. Huh? <laughs> what do <did> you say? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> I got it right here, man. I got it marked up and everything. I got it. Don't worry. I'll go check that post. Don't worry. Right. I'll go check that post. All right. Um, I had uh, Minnesota over New Orleans. I had the Browns over Atlanta. I got uh, Cowboys over the, the Commanders. I'm I'm thinking about changing my pick from Detroit over Seattle, man. Detroit lost too many weapons this week, but right now I've got Detroit over Seattle. Uh, Colts over Tennessee, obviously. Um, got the Giants uh, over the Bears. Philly over Jacksonville. Pittsburgh over the Jets. Baltimore beating Buffalo as well. Got the L.A. Chargers beating Houston. Carolina Panthers beating Arizona. Uh, Green or uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Green Bay over New England, Las Vegas over Denver, um, KC over Tampa Bay, and then I have the Niners beating the Rams. All right, all right. So this this week was kind of hard for me. All right, I did go Miami. Um, I think if Tua didn't get hurt, he was going to beat Cincinnati. Uh. I'm going Minnesota over the Saints. Uh, I like Justin Jefferson. Um, I don't think they need Dalvin Cook as much as what people think. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson are on point. Um, I'm going Cleveland over Atlanta. I'm going Dallas over Washington. This one was hard because I want to go Detroit, but I'm going to go Seattle, uh, mainly because I had to pick up Geno Smith and Fantasy. Uh, both my quarterbacks. <laughs> I, listen, 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 listen. My quarterback. Listen, 16 medley. <laughs> fuck y'all, dude. Listen, all right. Listen, my quarterback, my starting quarterback was Dak Prescott. My backup. Go get, go get Andy Dalton. My backup, my backup was Jameis Winston. Oh, that's a Go get Cooper Rush. Oh, my God. Go oh, get the GOAT. Geno's having a good fantasy year. I don't care if Seattle's winning or not, but he's having a pretty decent fantasy year. So I just need him to pull me out about 15, 16 points. That's all I need. He's playing Chuck it. DK's down there somewhere. <laughs> that's all I need. I think he'll give you 12. Yeah, that's all I need. That's all I need. I got, I got, uh, you know, Nick Chubb already got me a shit ton. You know, Tyreek already got me a shit ton. So I just, I just, you know, whatever. Um, and then uh, clearly I'm going Indy in a blowout fashion because, you know, D's going to like this, but fuck Raymond Harris. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. Fucking dude doesn't ever want to listen to me when I tell him some shit. Yeah, that dude tried to, he tried to come at my education like, oh, because you learned this, you think you're smarter than me. Like, bro, I just told you how you could you – know, whatever. You know, fucking dude's an idiot. Um I am going – this one's tough because both teams are trash. But I'm going to go Saquon Barkley and go Giants over Chicago. Dude, the Giants I'm going, are 2-1. I'm going, I'm going Philly over Jacksonville. Jacksonville's about uh, to win now. I'm going Pittsburgh over Jets. Baltimore over Buffalo. Damn, we all picked Baltimore. Uh, no, I think Zach picked uh, Buffalo. No, I picked you Baltimore. Pick Baltimore. 
Oh, man, we all yeah. just love Lamar. Lamar got some love here. I hope he saw this. I hope he saw this. Second greatest running back in the league. Hey, and the best <laughs> passing quarterback <laughs> in the league right now, in my opinion. Uh, sorry, Lamar. <laughs> and then I'm going Chargers over Houston. I'm going to go Carolina over Arizona because I don't think Kyler can do it without receivers. Uh, I'm going Green Bay over New England. I'm going Denver over Vegas. We're split on that one. I'm going Kansas City over Tampa. And I'm going Rams over San Fran. And we're also split on that one. I love how she said this because Raymond did hide after I told him how his team put himself in salary cap hell. And he didn't like it. And I just kept showing him that his team can't sign anybody worth a damn. <laughs> All right, so we've got about eight minutes, right? Till we hit the hour mark. Yep, that's six. Six? Six minutes? How we go so fast? Hey, I know one of y'all got something in history y'all want to talk about. I know it. One of y'all are edging like, to talk about something. Like NFL history? Like, yeah, I, mean, I want to know how, Colts, how the oh, hell the Ravens, how the hell the Raiders are 0-3. That's a good point. Like that, that, that roster is loaded. No, it's, okay. not, it's not loaded. <laughs> it's Dude, not. Offensively, offensively it's, loaded. You add a playmaker so, like Devontae Adams on the outside, let every me, receiver gets better. Let me, let me break this down for you, right? So, look. Everybody was high on the Raiders, right? Already knew from the jump they weren't going to be that good. McDaniels, he's trash. Not a good head coach. Trash. Trash. We 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 dodged a bullet with that dude, and I was going to say the same thing. D, I was literally waiting for my moment to say it's because of Josh McDaniels. The dude is trash. Is not a good head coach. So that was that was number one. Number two, they brought in all these weapons. They never fixed Derek Carr's offensive line. Their offensive line is trash. Like, like they drafted Leatherwood, uh, John Gruden, and Mike Mayock, and these guys are supposed to be gurus. They, they jumped come, right? the gun. They yeah yeah. Uh, they jumped the gun drafting Leatherwood to put him at tackle. He was so bad at tackle they put him at guard to protect him, and that didn't work. So they cut him. Like their offensive line is horrid. I don't care who you got out there as weapons. If you can't protect your quarterback, you ain't going nowhere. Especially if your quarterback, especially if your quarterback isn't a top five quarterback. Derek Carr ain't top five. Nah. Then I would argue, I would argue that he's top ten. I like Derek yeah, Carr. I mean, I, I I got him right at the ten to thirteen 10 mark. mark. Ten yeah, to thirteen yeah. mark with 100%. uh with Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. Those guys oh. are. Those oh. guys are in that, that oh. mix together. Oh. I don't even think Kyler's top 15. Um, what? But I think Dak, outside of injuries, when he's on the field, man, that dude deserves to be higher. Dak is a top 10. Yeah, I got Dak at 10. I think Carr was 11 or 12. And then I, I told you guys about my QB list. We can go over one one one, I think Dak is actually one of my favorite quarterbacks that's act, that is active. When he's healthy, that man is putting up numbers. Yeah, and then so uh, just like I was telling you, Zach um, – the other thing is they don't know how to use the weapons that they have. So you have you have Waller, you have Adams, and you have Renfro. None of them are a speedster. None of them – all of them are like possession route type guys, and they don't know how to use them together. So you have that. Then you go to their defensive side of the ball, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones was supposed to come over and replace Yannick Ndokwe, um to run with Max Crosby. 
Chandler Jones had 11 sacks last year. Five were in week one against the Tennessee Titans. That means he right. had six sacks through the other 16 games of the year. Right. So, me, I don't like that inconsistency of a pass rusher, if that's how you're going to play. Then their linebackers are not good. They signed Jayon Brown, who's coming off an injury from Tennessee. They don't have any other linebackers. Then they got Jonathan Abrams, who they drafted. They didn't even pick up his fifth-year option because he's not playing that well. And then the only good corner they got is Rocky Sin, and he's an inconsistent young corner still. So the Raiders literally didn't do enough. You just People think every time you just get a bunch of names and you pin them on your board to say this is our team, they're supposed to go win 12 games just because you put them on your team. The reason why I ask is because offensively, McDaniels is a terrible head coach, but I figured like his play calling would be better. But, yeah, when you watch a Raiders game, it's almost <laughs> as frustrating as watching Frank Wright call a freaking cold game. <laughs> like it should be like, easy with those weapons. It should listen. Yeah, yeah, that should be like guaranteed four hundred yards. Listen, easy. I'm a, I'm one hundred percent a Frank, a Frank Reich hater, but goddamn, dude, that's a low blow because Frank is ten times what Josh McDaniels is. Dude, watch a Raiders game and don't and try not to rip your eyeballs out. I watched literally parts and pieces of that Raiders game last week versus Tennessee, and I. Find me a spoon so I can gouge my eyeballs out. It was terrible. Terrible. That's my rant. That's my soapbox. So yeah, I don't understand how, how a team can be that good on paper and be that trash. That was my thing from the jump. I had the Raiders and the Broncos at the bottom of that division, and it was for the Chiefs and the Chargers to take from the get-go. Yeah. I thought the Chargers would be a lot better than they were. True. But, I mean, it's, again, what, second year under Staley? Third year under Staley? I I fully expected the AFC West to be the best division. Um, When they added Russell Wilson to Denver, um, the the Raiders weren't terrible last year. Um, No, they were a playoff team. Right, so adding Devontae Adams I thought was going to, you know, help them. Just adding that one name was going to help them beat – no, not not great. I didn't expect the Raiders to be Super Bowl contenders. Um, hearing all these damn analysts calling them Super Bowl contenders, no, I, I didn't see it. What I saw was a solid team that was that was trending in the right direction, and instead they're trending in the wrong direction. They're going backwards. Um, and, and and then you know you got you got Kansas City, and you're just like, well, whatever, man. You know the Raiders, the Raiders and the Broncos got this much better from last year. Right, and the Broncos, you know, just adding Russell. Russell, two years ago when we did this show, I said Russell was my favorite active quarterback. Right now he's not, and he hasn't been for a couple years because he's just he's just been mediocre, you know, since 2018 or whatever, you know. And then you got, um, was it Casey? The Chargers, right? The Chargers are stacked, both offensively and defensively. Just with the names on the jersey. That's what I'm but saying. They went, yeah. Like, in He's my opinion, only two of those dudes fit that roster: Casey Jackson on defense, and like, I think that was that might be it. I think on the Chargers would instantly be a better team if they had a different coach. Really? I think their coach sucks. I think Brandon's yes. wow. awful. 
I think yes. Brandon wow. Staley is I think that's the only thing they're missing is a coach. And health. I hope. And health. Yeah, that's they're true. definitely way unhealthy yeah. right now. Definitely yeah. unhealthy right like now. Like the Raiders just Raiders just got a lot of holes in their team. Chargers, they just got a hole at coach. Let's talk about how the NFC East right now is the best division in football. That doesn't oh. surprise me though. I wouldn't call them that. They are. Statistically proven. I mean, statistically, statistically they, are. they are. Statistically, yeah, but, but I'm not I'm not gonna put the Giants and the Commanders up here. No, 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 no. no, no. I think the, the AFC the NFC East has the highest winning percentage right now, and, and that's even with the Washington with Washington Commanders only having one win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just tough. Yeah. I mean the Giants I- are still in the moment where I'm like who are the Giants, right? What are the Giants going to be? Is Saquon back? Is Saquon just now getting his confidence? He even said it. He's still trying to build his confidence back from the amount of injuries that he's had. He's afraid to do things that he used to do when he was first drafted, right? So are we getting Saquon back? Is Daniel Jones an, an actual quarterback? No. He just doesn't throw picks anymore, but, like, he's not a starting caliber quarterback. The Giants have the biggest – Biggest, like, rebuild in the division, in my opinion. Washington is a cesspool of just patheticness. And, in my opinion, that whole organization just needs, like, from ownership to head coach, gut the roster, do a total rebuild because they will, they'll, they'll be in mediocrity for a while. The one thing they have that, that I think they don't do enough with is that defensive line because that's all they have. They don't invest in their corners. They don't invest in their safeties. Offensively, I don't really feel like they have an identity. Um, However, I'm going to gush on Philadelphia. Like, yo, they got weapons in Philly. They got running backs in Philly. Um, And Sirianni's play calling is absolutely genius. I mean, they went from not running the ball last year to just running the ball, and now, like, it's opened up everything. Hurts looks like a different quarterback. He's my pick for MVP. I know you guys are hardcore Lamar, but I think Hurts is going to surprise a lot of people, and I couldn't stand the dude coming out of Alabama so or Oklahoma or wherever he transferred. But he looks like a brand-new quarterback. And then this is Dallas. I mean, when you're the richest owner in the NFL and – you can use that cash over cap to get any talent you want. You know, it's something to be said about about whether you like McCarthy or not. He's a good coach because they continuously, consistently win, even when you know your starting quarterback that you paid two hundred forty million dollars to, or however much they gave him, you know, gets hurt and snaps his leg and then hurts his thumb or whatever he did. Well, I mean, McCarthy looks like a good coach, but it's easy when he ain't the one hiring his defense and offensive coordinators. True. Valid point. <laughs> he, Valid got point. Two, he got two guys on his staff that are literally about to take his job. <laughs> oh, offensively, Kellen Moore? Absolutely. Dan Quinn, I don't know. I don't trust Dan Quinn as a head coach again. I don't either, but Jerry Jones would hire him if he, if he didn't have Kellen Moore as an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and uh, end it there. <laughs> we went way about 23 minutes over. 
Good show. So tomorrow, Tennessee, Indy, Indy blowout. I'm calling it. Indy blowout. And hopefully Jacksonville loses and we can, you know, kind of take the division back. Get the goddamn win. Get the win. Get the win. (laughs) All right, everybody. We hope you all have a good night. Thanks for watching with us. Come back next week. We'll be here Saturday to talk about tomorrow's game and Thursday's game. And reaction to tomorrow. We're going to react to both games because we got Thursday. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to talk about next week. Yep. So next week, we're just going to go full blown into all Colts because we've got two games to talk over. For sure, for sure. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Go Colts. Peace and love. Peace and love. Go Colts. Go Colts. Wentz Wentz had a nice bounce back year. Season, he was good. the, The issue for me with Wentz is always chips are on the line. Now what? And I picked the Jags because of Carson Wentz. I think it's one of the worst losses in recent NFL memory mm-hmm. for me. I think it's one of the worst losses in the history of their franchise. It absolutely falls at the feet of Carson Wentz, but everybody in that organization had a hand in it. In the meantime, we have another quarterback on the move. Matt Ryan has been traded to the Colts. Breaking news out of the NFL where Stephon Gilmore is signing with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have traded for Yannick Ngakwe. Wow. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the NFL. This is the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. Reggie Wayne talking about Matt Ryan. Exact quote. It makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Touchdown!